The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. How do I develop a sense of self-belief? I want so badly to help other people to find their sense of self, but how can I do that? In today's episode, listener Nida shares how she's in a moment where literally every part of her life, her work, her marriage, even the country she's living in, is in a state of profound change. And along the way, she's discovered this passion to help people find their voices. But she also feels like before she can do that, she needs to find her own again. And on deck with me this week from the Sparked Brain Trust to help tease out what really matters and share insights and ideas is multi-time founder and CEO of Jada Selner Media, the co-creator of the Simple Green Smoothies social and business phenomenon, sought-after advisor to entrepreneurs and best-selling author Jada Selner. And quick note, you'll hear us mention something that we call sparkotypes in conversation. So what is that? Well, it turns out we all have a unique imprint for work that makes us come alive. This is your sparkotype. And when you discover yours, everything, your entire work life and even parts of your personal life and relationships, they begin to make sense in a whole different way. And often until you know yours, well, you're kind of fumbling in the dark. And just like today's listener did, you can discover your Sparkotype for free at sparkotype.com. You'll find a link in the show notes. Now, on to Nita's story and question. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked. Hi, Jonathan and Sparkotype Brain Trust. My name is Nitha, and I am a Pakistani and an American. I am a writer and a teacher, and I have lived all over the place. I grew up in New York, also in Lahore, Pakistan, and I have also lived in Austin, Texas, and London, England. The one thing that has pretty much characterized my life is change. Whether it was where I lived or the kind of job that I had, I've worked as a teacher, but I've also worked as a copywriter. I've worked in publishing, in event management, in nonprofits, tutoring. I've done lots of different things. The one constant though, the one thing that sort of stayed with me all my life up until now was my love life. I ended up marrying my childhood sweetheart and we were together for 27 years almost. We recently got divorced. And so I'm going through a really transitional period in my life where I'm living in Pakistan at the moment. I've been separated a year, divorced for a month. I have a really wonderful 11-year-old son. I'm restarting in every way. I started a job as a high school guidance counselor, uh, as well as a A-level English literature teacher. My sparkotype assessment told me that my primary sparkotype is an advisor and my shadow sparkotype is an advocate. So on the face of it, it would seem like I might have the perfect job 
because I'm counseling students, helping them to write their college essays. You know, I'm also teaching literature. And yet I'm really not that happy. And I'm trying to figure out why that might be and what I can do to kind of either reimagine this job or find another job to give myself a little more fulfillment. And I think what I've realized is I like to help people find their voice. But before I can do that, I need to find my own. And because I'm just starting out again, I almost feel like I am one of my students. I feel like I'm back to being a teenager and going through that time where I'm getting to figure out who I am, but no longer as somebody's daughter or somebody's wife, but just who is Nitha? I guess my question is, how do I develop a sense of self-belief? I want so badly to help other people to find their sense of self, but how can I do that now? I'm 41 years old and uh, I've tried almost everything. I've worked different jobs. I've faked confidence. I've forced myself to to share vulnerability, to share my writing. I have a blog. I have tried so many different things and yet I still can't seem to find the confidence within myself to come into my own. Any help that you could give me, I would so appreciate. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Ah. So there are so many things to dive into, to explore, to tease out there. As always, what I love to do is, as, as you listen to Anita, uh, share her story um, and her journey and her inner, so beautifully open and vulnerable and transparent and, and really just, this is my life, this is where I am, and not feeling like she needs to hold up the shield and protect herself and just kind of say like, you know, like, what, what, what do I do? Um, I want to dive into some of the sort of like the things that jumped out at me, but were there big ideas or big themes or big feelings, or do you have like a big opening thing or thought, um, things that jumped out at you? Yeah. Well, one thing that came up was just honoring Netta's journey of the many locations and vocations in her life. I can completely relate. You know, I never went to a high school more than two or any school more than two years. I've lived all the way from Hawaii all the way to Miami and in between and many, many jobs where you feel like a a Jill of all trades and master of none. And so that can create its own spiral and confusion of what do I want to be when I grow up? <laughs> and, but I think that also really contributes to the wealth of knowledge and lived experience that Nitta has had that makes her an amazing advisor. So I wanted to note uh, that piece first, just to acknowledge that that wealth of variety is actually a good thing instead of a confusing thing. Yeah. You know, it's such an interesting point, right? Because I, I see both sides of it there. You know, on the one hand, you're like, well, 
you know, she has lived in the US, she's lived in Pakistan, she's lived in Austin, Texas, she's lived in London. And she's and these are all a part of her, you know, they're a part of her life, a part of her heritage, a part of her identity. And yet, so on the one hand, you're like, how worldly, how many different experiences you have to draw from, how many different cultures you have to draw from, like you have this amazing ability to to pull from all these different lenses and experiences when you're stepping into anything. But on the other hand, it's like, not only do you have a foot in two worlds, but you have a foot in three worlds or a foot in four worlds. And sometimes that leads to never feeling like you have both feet in any one of those and a feeling almost of displacement. I'm curious whether you've experienced that at all, sort of like in your journey. Of course. I mean, being a multiracial Black woman, having African-American, Chinese, Caucasian, always feeling like I'm not Black enough, I'm not white enough, um, you know, straddling those lines and always, you know, I'm also a middle child, just always feeling in the middle. And um, I think that the invitation here for myself and even Nitta is actually to fall in love with the art of reinvention, of reimagining, and that the what do I want to be when I grow up is a conversation that we're going to have over and over again. You know, I just finished completing writing a manuscript for my next book. And my first question is, what do I want to be when I grow up? I'm, I'm done with the book. Now, now, what is the next vocation or the way that I, I want to express myself and serve? So I completely resonate with that displacement. And I also think it's a superpower because there is resilience and resourcefulness that you can pull from. And I think there's an opportunity to kind of to focus that lens for Nitta on the, the many options that she could go in this next chapter. Yeah, I love that reframe. I think it, it's, it's sort of, um, it really keeps calling you back to a place of agency and power rather than even victimhood to a certain mm -hmm. extent. Um, it's like this perpetual invitation to keep, keep wearing that lens and keep stepping into experiences that way. So, so part of her story, right? She's grown up in these different places, worked as, as she described, many different jobs, a teacher, a copywriter, publishing, event management. You know, I'm, I'm a little dizzy from the variety of things. <laughs> married her childhood sweetheart for married for about 27 years, wonderful 11 year old son. And now as happens to so many people in the middle years of their lives, you know, like that relationship comes to its end for whatever reason. And you find yourself in this place of starting over, but like, that's not, that's not just starting over in terms of a relationship. So often it's this moment where the entirety of your identity is served up for re-examination and you're kind of like, who am I on every level here? Curious what you what are your thoughts and what are your insights and maybe invitations for anyone who sort of like reaches this moment where you have identified in very particular ways for often decades and then it's completely turned upside down and you're dropped into this space where you're like, okay, this is who I've been for the last three decades of my life, but who am I? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there are three words that bubbled up for me when I was listening to Nitta. And it was celebration, mm -hmm. community, and compassion. Mm -hmm. And to start with celebration is almost an invitation to look back and take inventory of the things that she wants to 
celebrate that reminding her of how badass she is, of of the things that she has accomplished that she is proud of. So I would invite her to make a list of at least 10 things that she is proud of just taking that inventory and celebrating those wins. Because sometimes we're in this messy middle and this transition, we can, and we're in that forward movement of trying to problem solve and, and go forward, that we forget to look back of what were the things that were actually good that I can take with me, the intangible skills, the 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 wealth of relationships that have been built over time, I think we have to kind of revisit those pieces. Um, and something that I do with my clients at the top of every call or retreat is celebrate your wins and mm. just taking stock, taking inventory, and then asking yourself, who was the person that I had to be in order to create those wins so that Nita actually has that piece of the puzzle that she can carry forward with her in this next adventure and reminding herself of who she already is and not who she needs to actually become. So that would be kind of the first step in that that celebration bucket. And we can talk a little bit about that or I can move on to the the next. Take me take <laughs> me a little bit deeper into that actually. Because I, I think that is that is something that I think so many of us struggle with. You know, mm-hmm. we're just sort of like next, 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 rather than celebrating and savoring. Um, and like you said, like we're always about who are we becoming? Who's, who's mm-hmm. our next best self? But, you know, we lose the, the grace and, and the peace of mind and the joy of being like, but there's something about like where I've been and who I am right in this moment, mm-hmm. which is worthy of savoring, celebrating also. So talk to me more about this because now I'm, I'm more curious. Yeah, I think it would be really great for Netta even to carve out some time and space, even if it's, you know, booking a retreat, uh, a cabin for two nights. This is something that I do with my husband every year. We, we book a cabin in Lake Tahoe, um, just to celebrate, you know, and it could just be something, a special moment that she even shares with her son and getting him to practice to celebrate himself and, and be in relationship in that way. Um, but so often, we're we're creating this gap, right? There's this tension between where we are and where we want to be. And I think there's something really powerful to to reflect back and remember who we are and not always trying to to get to the next thing. And I, I just think it's so important to celebrate ourselves, right? Because a lot of times we are looking for the external feedback and validation from others. We want to be seen. We want to be heard. We want to be known, but can you be known by yourself? Can you take a moment to really honor yourself without needing that external validation or feedback? It's it's something that I help my daughter. She's 14 now um, when she'll be like, hey, mommy, look at this, what I made. Um, what do you think? And I always turn it back and just say, what do you think? Yeah. I want her to be able to validate herself. And that's something that I learned from my, my life coach, Rebecca McLaughlin, talks about vitamin V. So validating ourselves, giving ourselves, filling ourselves up with our own, I am proud of this, instead of seeking that outside of ourselves and making that a practice, whether it's, you know, quarterly or annually or weekly, find a way to acknowledge those wins. Even if you get on a call with your therapist or your coach or a friend, start the conversation with, 
part of my update is I want to celebrate some things that I'm really proud of that I did mm. in the last week or the last month. I, I do this all the time. Like, how can I brag on myself? Because when else are we going to do it? Like, it's in relationship and in community with people that we love and care about. Yeah, I love that. And the idea of validation, I, I'm glad you brought that up, right? Because the idea of like so many of us look for external validation. Um, it's interesting in the context of the sparkotypes and the work that we've been doing also, because so much of the feedback that we often get when people discover their sparkotype is they'll write us and they'll say, I feel so seen, I feel validated. And it's interesting because I'm like, it's not like we're not validating you. This body of work is not validating you from, from the outside in at all. It's just serving as a mirror. It's basically mm -hmm. reflecting back to you what you've known your whole life, but a little bit more clearly and with language that helps you tell the story to yourself, you know, but it's always about you know, like coming from the inside out. That's where the most powerful sense of validation, I think, really is. I don't want to forget about that last one. Though. So we've gone into like the first two. So talk yeah, yeah. Well, the first one was celebration, and then the second one, actually, as you mentioned, the mirror is community. So that was a, mm. a huge curiosity that I had for Netta is who is her community that she is leaning on right now? Because when you know she said she's looking for that self belief, she's faked confidence, you know. Um, and I actually looked up the the definition of self belief, um, which is a person a a person's belief in their ability to complete tasks and to achieve their goals, confidence in oneself and one's ability. And so if Netta has forgotten that for herself, being in community surrounded by people who will lift up the mirror and remind you in those seasons of self-doubt where your confidence is shaken, to be surrounded by people who will uplift you, encourage you, remind you of how amazing you are, especially especially in transition, especially in the messy middle, and especially in uncertainty and confusion, we need community more than ever. So I would really invite Nitta to take inventory of who are her people that energize her, that she feels are compassionate listeners and are not trying to fix and solve everything, but can just sit with her in the mess and witness her. I think that community piece is so important to hold the mirror up and be like, Oh, remember, Nedet, remember these 10 things that you told us that you did? Just to remind you, you are fully capable. Um, I think that community in these seasons is so important. So I, I invite Nita to gather her support squad and not just in a one-to-one -one way. If she could think of, you know, two to three people that she really feels fed by, gather them for a book club or a picnic in the park or meeting at a coffee shop and create some consistency and a, a container to to meet because humans were busy. Um, and I think it's so important for us to prioritize relationships. And we need to get that on the, our calendar the same way that we would put a doctor appointment on our calendar. So for me, I need consistency and containers to hold my relationships. Otherwise, life will fill itself up, reactionary things. Um, but I think community is so important for Netta right now. Yeah, I love that. And I so agree. I mean, this, I, I've been incredibly blessed to have both large communities and also small groups of, like you said, that can be two or three people, through two, three, four, or five people who we've been meeting, you know, on a monthly basis or every six weeks for years and years and years and years. 
And it is so incredibly powerful because you'll show up one time. And like you said, we have a very consistent structure. Like we schedule the next one before we leave the first mm-hmm. one. And it's always going to happen around the same time because we all need that because we have busy lives and a lot of responsibilities. And it's so amazing because so often one of us will show up on and we'll kind of go around and share an update and we'll be like, yeah, like, I feel like I'm totally stuck. Like I just haven't really, nothing's really happened. I haven't been able to like move things forward. And then we'll be like, so tell me about like the last month since we saw you and we'll start listing off. Well, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. And, and then like the other people will be like, do you hear yourself? <laughs> like, did, do you hear the, the incredible things that you've just checked off? And, and I think so often we're so focused on the things that we we have not yet accomplished or the person we have not yet become that we completely discount we become ignorant to all of the amazingness that we're doing on it like in, on a daily basis and and how who we are on a daily basis and how we show up in our lives and, and in other people's lives and having those other people both to hold us up and to champion us but also to reflect back on us a truer sense for what's going on. I think it can be so valuable in allowing us to, you know, to step back into that place of self-belief and confidence, which was was her final question that Nita finally wrapped around with. She said, how do I develop a sense of self-belief? So, so agree. I think the right community, the right people. Yeah, yeah. I think, and I think that's probably important to tease out a little bit also, um, mm-hmm. or important to bring into that sort of like inner circle. Yeah. And, and I, and I wanted to share because I know, you know, I'm a community builder at heart. I'm a social introvert. So I need a lot of downtime and I, I do better in smaller groups. And so for Netta to really, if, if she doesn't have built in community or people that are popping up in her mind right now, one idea that I had for her was to kind of combine, you know, she led with, I'm a writer first actually and I was curious like what is your writing process right now is she writing right now or did she contribute to her blog a few months a few years ago I'm just curious where she is on her writing journey but that could be a great place to find her community so to actually find a writing class and because she's searching to find her voice and also wants to help other people find their voice, I could see her joining a writing class with a teacher and you're writing consistently. I I have a, a, a writing class that I was a part of um, from a New York Times bestselling memoirist. I wasn't writing a memoir for my book. So I was like, okay, must pause for just a little bit or I'm going to get too deep in this, this business book. But there was such power in being around other writers and having this cadence of needing to deliver my writing by a certain time and then sharing these vulnerable raw pieces. I think we had like 1500 word, um, you know, stories that we had to write. And then you got feedback from the community. So you're starting to build relationships with others who can be that mirror. So for people who are like, oh, I don't have community. Anyone that's on my list is not, no, <laughs> they're not, they're not energizing me. You might seek them in a interest that you have to go find that community. I mean, I've met some of my best friends in going to one of your masterminds that you led several, several years ago. And um, so when you go to those places where like-minded people, like-minded interest, you can find your best your best friends, um, your community from those places too. Yeah, I love that. Um, 
and so agree with it on, on every level. You know, so she, Nita also shared, she said, you know, her primary spark type is the advisor. So that's the impulse to create a safe container to guide others through a process of growth. And, and her, her uh, shadow right behind that, her kind of run up, runner up for those who are newer to the spark type paradigm is, was the advocate, which is to champion, to champion ideas, ideals, individuals, communities. And I thought it would be an interesting exercise, you know, Often, so this is, these are really strong um, help service oriented impulses. And I'm guessing based on her experience and her years of playing this role in all different ways as, you know, like it, helping a lot of other people, whether it's tutoring or teaching or copywriting or publishing, which is really championing ideas like and ideals in the world, right? You know, working for nonprofits, which very often has a very strong advocacy part. I, I thought it would be an interesting exercise to say, what if you showed up as your own client and you put on your advisor advocate hat, you know, and you said, here's my, here's my circumstance. What would you tell if, if you could sort of like zoom the lens out and say, okay, I am, I am near the advisor advocate. I have a, you know, like a, a private clientele and this new person showed up and just basically told me the story that I've just told about myself and, and asked the question, what would you say? You know, mm-hmm. if you, if it was, if you were talking to somebody who was not you, who shared a similar circumstance, what would you offer? Um, and on the advocate side, I would say if you really thought deep down and you said to yourself, what matters to you on like on a soul level, on an identity level, it is really, really important in terms of your beliefs, your ideals, the, your values, um, where you want to champion that in whatever decision you want to make moving forward. You know, like what would happen if you were advising somebody or walking them through a process of questioning to get clarity around those questions? I thought that might be an interesting exercise to sort of flip the hat and say, what if you showed up as your client? Mm-hmm. You know, wh- what what processes would be going through your head? What questions would you ask that, quote, other person um, to tease out a lot more insight? C- curious what you think about experiences like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I love turning turning that hat to yourself <laughs> and advising yourself and really almost, again, I'm like, pull out the white paper and the markers and the post-its and, and kind of have a VIP uh, advisor day with yourself. And one of the questions that I think could be really powerful to ask is, what is my secret dream? What is it? What is that unsung song, unsung song inside that's brewing that if if money wasn't an object, if it wasn't about it being a vocation, but just about her voice and expression? I, like, I felt like there was something that we quite didn't hear in, in Nitta's question of like, what is it that she really wants? What is it that she really wants to, to create? Or is there a safe container that she wants to, to hold? Uh, that I would almost want her to create what I call like a dream bank and to give herself some time to ideate or what are all the possible things that she could do? with her time that what is that that secret 
dream. Um, and she might not know the answer right away, but if she set the timer for 10 minutes, played some classical music, and just doodled away to see what comes out of her in that time, I'd be curious what would, what would pop up. And it probably isn't counseling, um, teaching literature. There, there's something in there. I have a sense, but I'd love for, for Netta to, to put that advisor hat on for herself and, and and look for those answers by writing them down. Yeah, I, I love that um, invitation. Yeah, right before Nita asked her question, she said, I feel like I'm back to being a teenager and going through that time where I'm getting to figure out who I am, but no longer as somebody's daughter or somebody's wife, just who is Nita? And then she poses the question, you know, like, how do I develop a sense of belief? And I think the the earlier question is actually the question that gets you to that, which is, who is Nitta? Mm-hmm. You know, that is, I would focus not on how do I develop a sense of belief, because that will emerge organically. Yeah. Once you focus on that earlier question that she posed so beautifully, who who am I? You know, and, and that that is a lot of the journaling and the self-inquiry, and it's like, what are my values? What are my beliefs? What are my aspirations? What are my dreams? Like, without reference to what the world expects of me, without reference to what my role was as a partner in life, without reference to what the expectation of who, how I should show up as a daughter was. And that, I think, is where the power um, of this work is. That process of inquiry that you reference so beautifully really will start to to um, automatically answer you know, like that secondary question of how do I develop a sense of belief? Mm-hmm. The, the first part is, well, well, who am I? Because once you get really clear on who you are and what matters to you, then you also tend to really have a much easier time owning your immediate truth and your past truth and all that has led you to this place and all you've accomplished. And the, the belief, I, my, my experience has been very often emerges in a much more organic way from just owning a sense of identity on a much deeper and more granular level. Does that resonate with you? Oh, absolutely. It's like, what do, what do you, what does Nitta care about? Mm. And taking off the, the societal input and pressure from relationships on who she should be, I, I think it's a very powerful invitation of, of really self-inquiry and, and self-awareness. And I, I think it's a rediscovery. Nitta's is there. She's already there. So it's just to be in relationship with herself and to the same way that she would get to know a friend or a partner, turn those curiosity questions, those advisor questions, turn them right back to you and get to know Nitta. Um because she's already there. She's just like waiting for the inquiry, waiting for the invitation, waiting to be seen and heard. And I think that can happen in a journaling process. Um, if she's more of a verbal processor, it could happen with her seeking. Um, I know that uh, Charlie Gilkey mentioned in a previous episode, advisors need advisors. And so if, if she needs someone, you know, you can't read the label from inside the jar. So if she needs someone outside of herself mm. to ask those questions if, if it feels like a challenge to be in self-inquiry and needs to kind of have someone, you know, that could be a great pathway to, to find those answers. And also back to community, finding other seekers who are seeking to be in relationship with themselves and to develop their own self, their sense of self-belief and confidence so that you're not alone on the journey because you are not alone. Everyone 
is up. These questions are up for them, everyone. So I think it's really powerful to be in community with other seekers who are trying to build, rebuild that relationship with themselves without the labels and without the, the pressure of who they should be. Mm, I love that. And that sounds like a fantastic place for us to wrap up this week's episode. Thanks so much for joining me in conversation and sharing ideas and insights. And Nita, we're excited to uh, to travel along and watch um, how everything unfolds for you. We will see you all next week. Hey, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation, learned a little something about your own quest to come alive and work in life, and maybe feel a little bit less alone along this journey to find and do what sparks you. And if you'd love to share your own moment and question with us, we would love to hear from you. Just go ahead and click on the submissions link in the show notes to get the details on how to do that. And remember, if you're at a moment of exploration, looking to find and do or even create work that makes you come more fully alive, that brings more meaning and purpose and joy into your life, take the time to discover your own personal Sparkotype for free at Sparkotype.com. It'll open your eyes to a deeper understanding of yourself and open the door to possibility like never before. And hey, if you're finding value in these conversations, please just take an extra second right now to follow and rate Sparked in your favorite podcast app. This is so helpful in helping others find the show and growing our community so that we can all come alive and work in life together. Until next time, I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Sparked.